Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, crime is everywhere, and sadly, so many stories across the country in New York. Another attack, an elderly man punched in the head on a New York City subway. This happened, guess what, in the afternoon, 3.30. This is not like 1 in the morning or 3 in the morning. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. And then in Philadelphia, they're on the lookout now for four guys who were involved in a shootout where over 50 bullets were fired. And one guy was shot apparently eight times. And they're looking for the getaway guys. I mean, this is really crazy. This is how nuts things are, sadly, with crime across this country. And yet the Democrats don't seem to want to pay attention to it because they don't seem to want to fix it. In the Lee Zeldin, Kathy Hochul debate, remember the, the line that I think really was disastrous for her, where he kept saying, You know, uh, what about getting rid of the D.A.? What about making sure that repeat offenders are locked up? And she came back with, you know, yeah, there should be some sort of consequences. And why is it so important to you? What happens basically to these criminals? Well, guess what? It's important to all of us. And that tone deafness seems to resonate, not just in New York, but in other races. Look at the Fetterman race. And in fact, we're going to talk about that a lot tonight because there are now calls That Fetterman should just be outright disqualified, that the guy is clearly not capable. He is so out of it, and he was even making comments today that were just like as crazy as the hello, good night when he opened the debate the other night. I mean, it's like he clearly cannot converse. And to me, it is unbelievable that the Democrats will do anything to elect somebody who can't even communicate. That to be should be basically a basic function. If you're running for Senate, that should be a basic premise if you are running for Senate. And so for all of those reasons, you know, for all of those reasons, you would think they would say, you know what, we're going to just put somebody else in. And that's what they should have done, by the way, during the primary season, because he had the stroke before the primary. They had a moderate guy. And instead, now they have this loony lefty guy who can't even speak. And that's what's so unbelievably crazy is when you sit and you look at all of these different factors, and yet they are spending tons of money, so much so, by the way, an effort. Tomorrow, President Biden and Kamala Harris, normally they don't travel together. It's almost an unprecedented moment. The two of them are going to be traveling together, going to Pennsylvania to tell all of us uh, what an articulate genius John Fetterman is. This is the guy who wants to let go of people who've been convicted of murder. So, I I mean, what kind of planet are these people on? And clearly, the polls are hurting 
the Democrats because it's this tone deafness where they seem so disconnected from reality, so disconnected from what is going on. And at the same time that we're seeing stuff happening with, of course, the Democrats in Pennsylvania, we saw today President Joe Biden goes up to Syracuse. He was helping a candidate there. No doubt he's also trying to help Kathy Hochul. By the way, new word that Hillary Clinton is also soon going to be up uh, and basically trying to help Kathy Hochul at a rally. She's going to be uh, doing a get-out-the-vote women's rally at Barnard College in Upper Manhattan, 5 p.m., Thursday, November 3rd, just came out Hillary Clinton helping Kathy Hochul. Because guess what? After her debate performance, they're looking for a Hail Mary, too. She was not a rock star in that performance. And so the Democrats, no doubt, are sitting there going, what do we do? How do we pull this together? Because she wasn't a rock star and... I would say uh, Fetterman's living under a rock. <laughs> That's the only way I can make the analogy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Do you think that the Democrats are in a big, big position now where not only they could be facing a red wave, are they maybe facing a red tsunami? And they look like things are slipping away. They know it. They don't want to act like it. They want to act like, you know, Fetterman is like the most articulate guy who won like the debate contest and won like elocution contest. Um, But they privately are clearly in panic mode. And we're going to play shortly also just some comments that Chuck Schumer made because he was caught on a hot mic today. Surprise, surprise, talking to Biden and essentially said, well, That debate the other night, you know, the one with Fetterman didn't hurt us that bad so far. They haven't seen the new polls because there really haven't been any new polls since that debate with Fetterman and Oz. And I bet you when the debate new polls come out, these are the post ones, uh, I bet you that race has significantly tightened. If not, that we will see Oz ahead. And you could tell the Democrats are very worried, but they're not going to say that publicly. Publicly, it's like, boy, he is like uh, the most articulate guy we have ever seen and he can certainly be you know senator he can be president he can be whatever he wants to be and that to me i think they're doing an incredible disservice not just to the people of pennsylvania but the people of america this guy clearly cannot articulate his message and all they are doing literally is putting out the abortion message and just playing it over and over again like five seconds from the debate and saying don't you want to like support this guy And meantime, they won't talk about crime. They won't talk about clearly his mental deficiency, his verbal deficiency. Uh, I think it's outrageous. And it just shows how desperate they are that they would put somebody who can't even barely speak, who can't articulate a message, who got caught basically lying on the issue of fracking, said he never supported fracking. And there the moderator confronted him. And yet we are finding out today and it is like a full court press from the Democratic side to support this guy at all costs. And it's all abortion, abortion, abortion. You hate Trump. You hate Trump. You hate Trump. That's all that they are putting in all of their ads. And in fact, Obama did a new ad trying to support Fetterman, trying to convince us what a genius he is, that like him and, you know, Alexander Graham Bell should be like go down in history. You know, it's like, are you kidding me? This guy 
is really having elocution problems. He has a problem talking. He has a problem articulating his thoughts. And you're going to send him to the Senate? And the fact that they hit it, I also think it's outrageous. There should be a new law right now that everybody has to debate more than once even. It should be like two or three times. It should be mandated. We've seen the way the candidates have skirted around it. Look, Kathy Hochul delayed it as long as possible, said she would just do one debate. Lee Zeldin wanted a whole bunch more, understandably. She finally did just one debate. It basically came together a few days before. It was like slapped together. And then in the case of the Fetterman, he only agreed to one, and it was after they've already had many weeks already of early voting. You know, it's amazing in Pennsylvania, they have 50 days, 5-0 days of early voting. That, to me, is an amazing number. 50 days of early voting. Think about it. So they've already voted for well over a month, and they maybe thought John Fetterman could speak. They probably thought he's, a you know, if they believed in him or if there were people who were on the fence, those are the ones you have to really wonder about, the people who really thought, you know what, I'm not sure, but they're telling me that he's good and he's fine. So no wonder he waits, 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 finally does a debate. It's one of the most disastrous debate performances, if not the most, in American history. And yet they want us to believe that he's a great guy and you can't take back. Guess how many people have voted? 650,000 have already early voted in Pennsylvania, typically Democrats. Isn't that an interesting strategy that he waited, waited, waited till well into the early voting and these people can't retract their votes even if they wanted to right now? What a mess our system is in. And in the middle of it all, we've got a president who is like, everything's fine. Now, there was a little bit of good economic news today. Um, the gross domestic product and a whole bunch of other things, the consumer price index, they were looking at a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, he did get a little bit of good economic news, but many people are saying it is way too early to start touting the horn because we are still headed to some really rough times. We're heading to a cold winter where we don't have like heating, oil, gas. There's huge issues ahead. And many people are saying it was just a blip and just an anomaly. And it comes after growth that was down tremendously in the first two quarters. So the third quarter had a little bump up. And that is good news. But is it the time that he should be taking any sort of a victory lap when he hasn't addressed crime, hasn't addressed the border, hasn't addressed anything? And all of you who go to the store or gas up, you know the economy's not great. You don't start touting your own horn and saying, what a great job I'm doing. When 75% plus Americans think we're basically in a recession and that things are horrible right now. But President Biden, he'll take any bit of good news and make it sound like, you know, he's uh, belongs on Mount Rushmore. Take a listen. Here's his response today to the good economic news, not putting it in any context, just saying, look how great things are. Great economic report today. The GDP report. Things are looking good. Things are looking good. now. This is him also touting what he says are the gas prices. This guy can't even keep the story straight. Take a listen. Today, with the help of the people behind me, we're in a much better place. Ten million jobs created since we took office. A record for any administration in American history. Unemployment is at 3.5 percent, the lowest it's been in 50 years. 
5.4 million Americans applied to start small businesses, the highest level ever in American history. And because of the action we've taken, gas prices are declining. We're down $1.25 since the peak at this summer, and they've been falling for the last three weeks as well, as well. And adding up real savings for families. Today, the most common price of gas in America is $3.39, down from over $5 when I took office. So I don't even know where to begin with that. First off, his policies have not helped the gas. They've destroyed it. Um, And in fact, they probably are bringing Europe to a cold, cold winter because he's cut them off, basically insisting that they don't rely on Russian oil, which I firmly agree with. Um, And yet he's given them no alternative because he's cut off the supply in America. He's cut off our energy independence. So nothing he has done has helped with that. He's only tapped into our emergency reserves. Second of all, gas, when he took office, was $2.39. That, to me, this is the biggest bunch of hogwash I have ever seen. Gas was half of what he is claiming it is, less than half. And yet he is claiming that he's like some superstar. He can't even keep prices correct. And we're trusting him with the economy. God help us. Here is Austin Goolsby. He is a former Obama economic advisor. And he says, you know what? This is ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's bad when this is a diehard Democrat says Biden is really missing the mark. The most common cause of recessions is the Fed raises interest rates faster than the economy can handle. Where that would happen in the sectors, you already see that a little in this, in this GDP. Business investment, housing, consumer durables, the stuff that's interest rate sensitive, that's the stuff that's going to suffer. And the, if we haven't said anything about the dollar. With the dollar as strong as it's been, uh, you, you're likely to see even more hit on, on manufacturing in, in the U.S. because we're going to be facing import competition that's cheaper. So by no means are we out of the woods. It's a nice observation that the PCE deflator was less, you know, maybe, maybe we've peaked in that. And that's the main thing that the, that the Fed looks at. It's a little bit of a better measure of, of inflation than, it, than is the CPI. And it's a decently strong growth. But our overall point is still pretty bumpy. So, so I think people should buckle their seatbelts on this one. Yeah, and that is a diehard Democrat. I mean, this is insane. By the way, we have a great show tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. We're, of course, going to be talking about all this. And coming up, uh, we're talking about Schumer again caught on that hot mic, basically telling President Biden, Hochul right by his side at the time, saying, you know what? We didn't get hurt too bad yet, basically. Uh, and I'll read you the verbatim and tell you what exactly he said. But essentially, we didn't get heard so bad yet, according to the polls and the information on that Fetterman debate. Can you imagine? He probably said, boy, did he stink. But we just we're getting through it, you know. Um, so they're clearly worried about how bad that debate was. And Hochul's got to worry because her debate was not superstar status either. And so coming up later on in the show at about 10.35, so at about 15 minutes or so from now, I should say Eastern time, um, about 15 minutes from now, we are going to have Joe Pinion, who is running for U.S. Senate in New York against Chuck Schumer. So I can't wait to ask him. He's got an upcoming debate. 
Does he feel a bit of a red wave in his race, too, as well? His debate is going to be on Sunday. And also, what does he think of the Schumer hot mic moment where clearly it shows that the Democrats are in panic mode big time? And then uh, about an hour or so from now, we have the great investigative journalist John Solomon, who's got some big news on investigations that are stepping up against Hunter Biden, also regarding the Florida elections and also regarding January 6th and Trump. He's going to fill us in on a whole bunch of good stuff. He's got some good exclusive reporting that's coming up about an hour from now. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that. We're going to take your calls when we come back, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Alabama should be stay home Fetterman. I'm telling you, that guy was a mess. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Steve on line seven. Steve, your thoughts about Fetterman, Biden, uh, what a mess and what a bunch of disconnected Democrats. Yeah. Hi, Rita. How are you, honey? I'm good. I'm good. What, did want- you, what do you make of the fact that publicly they are spending millions of dollars now on this Fetterman guy after that debate performance and telling us all what a great job he did when, I mean, we all have two eyes. We can see what we saw during the debate. Rita, in Jewish, the word is goonish helfen, which means nothing's going to help them. Oz is going to win that by a landslide. You that, think so? That's my prediction on that. I think, and by the Biden way, I think, and- I think the new debates are going to, the new numbers when they come out, I think we'll show that Oz has moved up. I agree with you, Steve. Go ahead. Right. And I just want to say um, Biden and Carmella coming in to help him is the blind leading the blind. How could that possibly help? I'll be surprised if they both can get off the stage. Yeah. Can you imagine between Fetterman and Biden next to each other? And apparently here's here's another one, Steve. They're saying that Fetterman is going to be speaking at that event. (laughs) I mean, that's amazing. Could I just jump in and say something? I live in New York. I I lived in New York. Now I'm in Jersey. Could I just jump jump in and say something about uh, Hochul and crime in New York? Sure, go ahead. Okay, I'll I'll make this quick, but I know a lot of people are waiting. The crime in New York is the worst ever. People are frightened out of their minds to go in the subway. You literally got to be desperate to walk down this subway. There's vagrants, there's homeless, there's everything you could think of in these subways. And, you, you know, you saw that guy who just took off and knocked somebody to the to the tracks. It was unbelievable. You can't believe what's going on in New York. 
Oh, by the way, sadly, we can all believe it. And I'm glad that you're highlighting it because there are so many people. And Steve, thank you. You are so awesome. We appreciate the call on all fronts because you have such great perspective. Um, And it was one of the things that uh, Lee Zeldin highlighted in the debate with Hochul was that New York has the biggest exodus of any state in the country. People want to leave New York because crime is so bad. The economy is so bad. Uh, and that is not something to be bragging about by any means for Governor Hochul. Uh, let's go to Dom, Minnesota, line three. Dom, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, you know, I teach for a living when I have to work with differently uh, abled people. We get trained on how to adjust our responses to make them feel comfortable. But for the Democratic Party to exploit Fetterman the way they are just to stay in power, is the worst kind of abuse you can imagine. It's really sad how the Democratic leadership will sink to, to retain power. So I say to today's Democratic Party, you are the reason God invented the middle finger, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's a very diplomatic way to say that. Dom, I love you. You always have a good line, my friend. Thank you. Know, you. Just, just, yeah. Dom, wait, sadly, we got, sadly, we got to go to a break. But, Dom, um, stick with us if you want to um, or, or give us a call in the next hour. We'll continue with you because you're great. We love you. Thanks so much, Dom. And, everybody, when we come back, we have Joe Pinion, who is running up against Chuck Schumer. That's coming up. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents... And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a canine from Florida takes a bite out of a burglary suspect. The canine bit the burglary suspect and helped Florida police apprehend the man. A canine was involved in Daytona Beach, Florida. A police officer reacted triumphantly after a canine assisted deputies in apprehending the man. The deputy and canine, whose name is Toki, received a call at 4 a.m. to assist the Daytona Beach Shores Department of Public Safety in finding a burglary suspect. They said the suspect entered a home around 3 a.m. and fled the scene when confronted by deputies. Body camera footage shows the deputy and Toki tracking down the suspect, a 47-year-old man who was cowering in a storage closet of another home. Toki led the way and bit the suspect's wrist. The canine dragged the suspect into the open, allowing officers to take the suspect into custody. Needless to say, he got a whole bunch of treats and was applauded big time for his great, great work. I love hearing this story because it doesn't just show just our great men and women in blue, but also our furry friends that help them as well to apprehend the bad guys. Bravo to Toki and to the officer as well. Well, crime is certainly forefront on the ballot. And you look at so many races across the country, crime and economy are big, big issues. And so far, many Democrats are not really addressing it. They're not even talking about the border either. They seem to be talking about abortion. They seem to be talking about Trump. We saw that very much in the focus of the debate in New York this week, the New York governor's debate with Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin, you know, and got to the point where she's like, I don't even know why you care so much about what happens to criminals, which was a disastrous line for her to say. And then also we've been talking about Fetterman. Fetterman, 
oh my goodness, this debate in Pennsylvania was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And this was one of the worst moments, not just because of his delay in response, but he was caught basically being completely inconsistent and basically lying about his record. Who could forget this moment this week? I've, I've always supported fracking. And I always believe that independence with our energy is, is critical. We can't be held, you know, you know, ransom to somebody like Russia. You know, I've always believed that energy independence is critical. And I've always believed that. And I do support fracking. I've never taken any money from their, their, their industry. But I support how critical it is that we produce our own energy and create energy independence. I must correct the record. Uh, he, uh, just a second, Mr. Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking and I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. That was absolutely painful. So debates are turning out to be extremely important and there will be another big debate. It's going to be on Spectrum on Sunday and it is going to be with, of course, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer against our next guest, who is hoping to ride what looks like a red wave. And it looks like that wave is also coming through New York as well. And joining us now is Joe Pinion. He is a great commentator, entrepreneur, um, and he is the Senate candidate for the Republicans for that very, very important Senate seat in New York going up against Schumer. And boy, it's going to be a biggie. It's going to be fascinating to see, Joe. And what is going to be your strategy um, come for the debate on Sunday, which is now just a few days away? Well, look, good to be with you, Rita. And yes, uh, the strategy is the same strategy we've had for this entire campaign. Tell the truth. And the truth is that Chuck Schumer has abandoned New Yorkers that Chuck Schumer no longer works for the 19 million and shrinking that call New York State home, that on his watch, uh, we have 60 percent of our children not reading on grade level. On his watch, Rochester, New York now has more murder per capita than Chicago, Illinois. On his watch, Syracuse, New York has the highest level of child poverty per capita in the nation. And on his watch, while he said crime is not a major thing, shootings went up 90 percent in New York City. Homicide went up 30 percent. People are being shoved in front of subways. EMS workers are being stabbed 21 times in the chest in broad daylight. And this place has become uh, a hellish nightmare for many people uh, that thought that these individuals on the left actually cared about them. Turns out they cared about power more than they ever cared about people. You know, Joe and everybody, we are talking to Joe Pinion, uh, just a great conservative commentator, entrepreneur, and he is now uh, the GOP candidate running for the U.S. Senate seat in New York against Chuck Schumer. And, you know, I, I think, Joe, of a lot of, like, incredible moments that have happened already um, this is an amazing time, I think, to be in the Republican Party for you, because you look at like you think about just the changes that have happened, even in New York over the last few years. Um, on the flip side, AOC and the Democrats obviously beat Joe Crowley. A lot of people thought, oh, that'll never happen. She did. 
Um, so it's not to say that you can't unseat somebody like a Chuck Schumer, too. And right now, Lee Zeldin, as you know, uh, had a really great debate performance. Um, Kathy Hochul seemed to kind of dodge and weave when it came to crime. I described their debates, by the way, Joe, as she talked about guns, 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 Trump, Trump, Trump. That was all she had. And then that famous line where she said, I don't know why you care so much about what happens to criminals. Um, That, to me, just epitomized, I think, a lot of what you're talking about. Do you feel the same thing um, with Chuck Schumer in those arenas? And is that sort of an expected area to go after? Because all the Democrats seem to have the same message. And it's sort of, uh, you know, two or three different bullet points. And they just kind of say that and that's it. Well, let's be very clear. We are currently in Buffalo. I just left uh, a venue, 600 people uh, who are all unified in their desire to see Charles Ellis Schumer removed from power once and for all. And sure, we can talk about the crime. It is obvious. We can talk about how they quite literally destroyed the American economy in less than 18 months. We can talk about the fact that he quite literally decided to play Russian roulette with the Russians as if they didn't invent the game. And now the entire world is paying the price. But at the core of all of it is the fact that Chuck Schumer is now in his 42nd year in D.C., in his 24th year in the United States Senate. And if he hasn't been able to deliver results for New York, then why in the world do we keep allowing him to get time after time after time? So time's up for Charles Ellis Schumer. Uh, I know it. Uh, The people of this state know it. The media might not know it because they're not covering it. But let's be very clear. The rallies go on whether they put our video in the vault or not. The people are getting the message whether the press wants to cover it or not. And come November 8th, they're all going to get the shock of a lifetime that should have been obvious because people are sick and tired of people like Chuck Schumer who use the power of their vote to empower themselves and help nobody else. What I found fascinating in the recent debate this week with Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul, Joe Pinion, she sort of sat there like, look what I've done, sort of resting on her laurels. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Chuck Schumer, as you aptly point out, has been there 42 years, if he's going to do the same thing, even more so. And then, of course, there's a lot of areas to go, well, what have you done, right? He can show up with all the binders. Uh, filled with accomplishments. But at the end of the day, he is consistently showing up with solutions that don't solve the problems he himself created. Uh, He is the reason why the leading cause of death in this nation for people aged 18 to 45 is fentanyl overdoses, because he is the most powerful man in the United States Senate, and he is the one that has allowed our border to stay open. He is the reason why our communities have been turned into a shooting gallery because he has attacked our Second Amendment rights while simultaneously tying the hands of law enforcement behind their back, all because he didn't want a primary from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So let's be very clear. The writing is on the wall. Uh, Chuck Schumer is in trouble. He spent close to $7 million over the last 30 days. We're going to win this election. The people of this state are finally going to have a senator that works for them. And whether the RNC gets it, whether the NRSC gets it, whether the media gets it, We're on a one-way ticket to D.C. because Chuck Schumer's time is up. We're not going to take it anymore. And I think New Yorkers are finally starting to realize this 39-year-old to quit his job uh, is not the individual who is trying to just get a pat on the back. We're here to take our country back. We're here to save our state. Speaking of uh, Chuck Schumer, he made tons of headlines a couple hours ago. i got to get you to react to this, Joe, Um, because here he was caught on this hot mic moment. He was talking with... You know, Joe Biden up in Syracuse, as you brought up Syracuse just recently, he's standing next to Kathy Hochul 
And they're all trying to pretend like the Fetterman debate was some big, you know, success. I think anybody who saw it would disagree that Fetterman was a big success. Um, But he's caught on this hot mic basically saying it looks like the debate didn't hurt us too much in Pennsylvania as of today. Um, And then he also made this statement. Here it is briefly. And he said that seat, we're in danger of that seat. Um, And basically showing that they are really worried. Um, And they were talking about Pennsylvania. They were also talking about Georgia. Um, You could tell that they are very worried about what's happening across that this country. Um, How will you confront him on basically what appears to be two different Chuck Schumer saying something privately, very different than what he's saying publicly? I'm often reminded, as my grandfather told me, you learn more about what people left unsaid than what actually comes out of their mouth. And all these conversations, all these debates, what they don't talk about is the fact that your 401k is down on average $30,000 under Joseph Robinette Biden, that your buying power is down $4,000 under Joseph Robinette Biden, and that your actual earning, uh, your actual uh, actual income in some cases is down close to $6,000. So these are the real issues that are impacting Americans every single day. Uh, the fact that right now we have an unhinged lunatic in Vladimir Putin who is working his way west as best he can, and we have effectively zero plan to deal with it. And yet the irony of all ironies is that all the leverage Vladimir Putin needs to press his advantage, we gave them because we went from energy independence to energy dependence faster than you can say, you know what, Joseph Robinette Biden. So here's the reality. At a moment when we should be giving all the liquefied natural gas we can find to Europe to make sure that they don't get the lights turned off on them and have the heat turned off on them in the middle of winter, we don't have that leverage. Why? It's Charles Ellis Schumer. Why don't we have kids who have the school choice they deserve? It's Charles Ellis Schumer. I could go on. But at the end of the day, Lee Zeldin often asks the question, why is it that New York leads the nation now with migration? There are many acceptable answers, but I can tell you the root cause. Charles Ellis Schumer, 24 years in the United States Senate, down to 42 years in Congress, and he now holds the record, the largest exodus in the history of New York State for any sitting senator. Congratulations. Take a bow. It'll be the last one you take because November 8th, you're going to be needing a new job. And before I let you go, Joe, I know you've gotten a lot of big endorsements of late um, from a lot of law enforcement unions and others. Talk about who has come to your support. Let's be very clear. You know something has gone terribly rotten in Denmark when even the Pennsylvania state troopers have parachuted into New York to endorse the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate. That is what an abysmal job Chuck Schumer has done, because they recognize the truth, that what he does down in D.C. in the name of New Yorkers impacts us all, and every single person who wears a uniform in this country is less safe today because of the actions that Chuck Schumer has taken and continues to want to take. He wants to come for the qualified immunity of every single person with a badge in this nation. That is why we have the backing of the New York State Troopers. That is why we have the backing of the MTA police. That is why we have the backing of the New York State Police Conference. And that is why the Pennsylvania State Troopers have said that in this race, there is no choice. If you back the blue, you must unequivocally stand with Joe Pinion in this fight to make sure that Chuck Schumer no longer has the power to destroy this country that we love. Well, I can't wait to watch the debate. I think the debates often, especially because there's just the one, um, that they are often extremely consequential. 
So I encourage everybody to tune in 7 p.m. on Spectrum this Sunday. You can watch it, obviously, live if you're in the area, or you can watch it online, guys, also as well. And, Joe, before I let you go, if somebody wants to help out, find out more about you, where can they go? They can go to JoePinion.com. Find us on Twitter, Joseph Pinion. Find us on Instagram, I am Joe Pinion. Facebook, you can find us. This is the moment we take our state back, we take our power back, we break the back of one-party rule, and we send Charles Ellis Schumer to the retirement home of politics once and for all, folks. Let's do it together. Two for one sale. Fire Kathy Hochul. Retire Charles Ellis Schumer. One ballot, one day. Let's get it done. Joe, thank you so much for being here. I wish you so much luck and a good luck also on Sunday. The world will be watching. Thank you very Absolutely, much. Rita. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless you too, my friend. When we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. What are your thoughts? Obviously, look, this looks like a red wave in so many places, especially in blue New York. Uh, Lee Zeldin is neck and neck with Kathy Hochul. Uh, let's see what happens also, because Joe certainly is extremely articulate. As you just heard, he's going up against Chuck Schumer. Big debate on Sunday. That could turn things tremendously in his favor. You just heard he's super eloquent. Uh, great time right now to be running on anti-crime, uh, anti-inflation. There are so many big, big issues that are on the ballot. And it will be definitely must-see TV on Sunday to watch this debate. And could it carry over? There's a lot of places where you said, wow, God, maybe it's maybe it's turning. We have seen a number of seats where Republicans were behind, and now they have sped up and often surpassed their Democratic counterparts. And Joe is ready to take it to U.S. Senator, the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer. So we're all going to be tuning in. What do you think is going to happen in that race? What are your thoughts about the Hochul race? And what are your thoughts about the Fetterman race? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And today, Joe Biden was in Syracuse trying to help a candidate up there. And it's so interesting because the candidate's challenger pointed out that it seems that the candidate himself doesn't want Joe Biden around. And that same candidate who he is competing against also doesn't want Hochul around. And his candidate that he's competing against is a Democrat. That seems to be the case in many places around the country. They're like, Joe Biden, no, 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 no. He doesn't need to come here. Because he has such low approval ratings. Take a listen. This is New York GOP candidate Brandon Williams, who is up in upstate area and how he discusses the position his opponent is in. My opponent uh, all of a sudden decided that the Democrats needed new leadership. I pressed him in a, you know, in a in our debate yesterday and asked him about his relationship with um, Kathy Hochul and uh, because Kathy Hochul has endorsed him. And uh, he has embraced her. And all of a sudden he says, I I really don't know her. And so you see this extraordinary uh, flop and uh, flip to uh, try to escape Joe Biden, Kathy Hochul, and and voters aren't buying it. Voters aren't buying it. And people are going, oh, no, I don't really know him that well. 
but when he was doing well, boy, he was the best thing going. Now most of them don't want him in their area. The only person who really has been begging, it seems like, for Biden is John Fetterman, because maybe he's the only person who makes John Fetterman look like a rock star. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman. Uh, line five. Norm, your thoughts about all this. And um, and right before this, too, we were just talking to Joe Pinion, who is sounds like he is ready uh, for what could be a really spirited, feisty debate. It's going to be seven o'clock this Sunday, Norm. Well, good night, Rita. And, uh, yes. <laughs> By the way, that is my I have to play that uh, because mm-hmm. I, it's it's I just have to because I know what you're referring to. It's the whole uh, Fetterman thing. This is here we go here. Here's the way Fetterman okay, opened this ahead. debate. All right. Just for we need a, a little bit of laugh. Here sure. it is. Sure. Hi. Good night, everybody. Hi. <laughs> good night, everybody. All right. There you go, Norm. Go ahead, Norm. Well, good night, Rita. Anyway, uh, uh, listen, um, I I. I I have marched with Joe Pinion. I marched with him and Zeldin in the African Day Parade in Harlem a month ago. He is a gentleman. He's very nice. I've actually never heard him speak until now. Um, and I feel better that, I mean, I was planning on voting for him anyway, but uh, anything to defeat Schumer. But, uh, you know, I feel he's great. He's full of energy. I love it. Bring he him is. on. He is. And I can't wait to, I, by the way, I actually can't wait to see that debate because He's uh, Joe is a really smart guy. He is a great guy, um, you know, great background, and he's a fighter. And if you're going up against somebody like a Schumer, um, you know, whereas, you know, that, you know, Biden's half in a coma. Mm-hmm. So is, is Fetterman, right? I mean, Fetterman's so out mm-hmm. of it. But Schumer, to his credit, has a pulse, right? So you got to have right. somebody who is a fighter, who is eloquent, who knows his facts, and that's why I think mm-hmm. um, Joe is going to come ready. He's he's a really great guy. Mm-hmm. Well, Rita, listen, I, I don't want to be a total bummer here, but and under the present climate, we're going to have a red tsunami wave. However, as I predicted and feared months ago, um, the Democrats are going to stage some sort of a crisis. I don't know exactly know what. It could be disease, an invasion of some sort, or a nuclear event over the next 12 days to disrupt or cancel the elections. Something's going to happen, Rita. Uh, their, uh, you believe their that. desire to stay in power is much too strong. You believe that. That's something. You know, it's interesting. Yes. People are now, it's, it's today, the Wall Street Journal was referring to Fetterman as the October mm-hmm. surprise. Obviously, it's, it's mm-hmm. uh, tongue-in-cheek, and it's the different way around. Mm-hmm. But you firmly believe that yes. what that they may try to do something with Russia to divert or they may or something's something. going to happen, something dramatic, you don't, think? Don't know exactly, but pretty much a lot of the people in my mandate group, uh, you know, anti-mandate group. When I when I uh, went to that protest on Sunday, that's what we've been talking about, that pretty much we predict something that it's not going to be smooth sailing. Uh, they sense that something's going wrong. They're totally amoral. They will do anything and everything to stay in power. Uh, certainly, certainly Hillary and uh, good old Joe sitting in the White House. They're going to do everything. And that includes God knows. Wow, that's really powerful. Everybody, we're going to continue after the break. You just heard what Norm said. Norm believes that there's going to be some October surprise by the Democrats that will try to divert from what's really going on in this country that we all see. Inflation, crime, everything else. I'm going to continue with your calls after the break. 800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Democrats are clearly panicking right now. And we were just talking about Chuck Schumer caught on that hot mic, essentially saying, quote, things don't look that bad. It looks like the debate didn't hurt us too much in Pennsylvania as of today. Basically saying, listen, we know the Fetterman debate was terrible. But so far, we haven't seen the polls of what kind of a disaster we will see because it's a tight race and it's a pivotal race for the Democrats. And right now, as we know, in the Senate, it's 50-50. So they'll do whatever they can to keep control because with Kamala Harris as the vice president, she's the person who does the tie-breaking vote. She did, I think it's at about 26 votes uh, where she has broken the tie and been that pivotal 51st vote. And that's why every single Senate seat is so important. And right now, with Pat Toomey, who's a Republican, leaving the seat, it's going to open it up to potentially either another Republican like Dr. Oz or Fetterman, the Democrat. And that would really help the Democrats big time to get that seat. It gives them then 52 votes, if you will. And it makes it a little tougher for the Republicans to gain control of the Senate. So there's so much at stake right now. And it looks like the Democrats want us to believe that Fetterman is some rocket scientist. I mean, to me, it is really stunning because since the debate happened now, it's been a few days ago. We all saw it with our own two eyes. The guy clearly has physical issues. I feel bad for him. He's, you know, went through a tough time. He had a stroke like a lot of Americans go through. But yet they continue to push him and they continue to tell everybody publicly that there's nothing to see there. The guy's smart. Boy, he spoke well. Maybe it was a little fumbly, but no big deal. This is a huge deal. And there are a lot of people that are seeing it with their own two eyes that are independents. There are some that are even Democrats that are saying this guy should be disqualified for office. This guy should not have run. And what is astounding to me is what I think was a tremendous disservice to the people of Pennsylvania and to America, because before he even debated, he kind of hid out. He did the, you know, Biden sort of hide in the closet, hide in the basement strategy, barely did anything. Um, And then also was talking to friendly reporters. And that one reporter, remember, who said that he wasn't good in small talk? She got blasted by other reporters saying, well, maybe she's not good at small talk as opposed to Fetterman because she was daring to criticize him and say what she thought. And clearly, he has some physical constraints. There is no doubt about it. And yet they kept him sort of out of the public eye pretty much up until the debate. And already, close to 650,000 people of Pennsylvania have already early voted, many of them Democrat. What a surprise. So they can't take back their vote now. They are stuck with this guy who now they're going, this is not what I thought. This is not who I thought. This is not what I believed. And to me, that is an incredible 
injustice to the people of Pennsylvania. It's a tremendous injustice to Americans everywhere. I think there should be some rules change. And, of course, it all goes state by state. But in Pennsylvania, they have 50 days of early voting. So they have such a huge amount of time that so many people already cast their vote. And what about the Democrats who thought that he was able to perform his duties? Because that's what the Democratic Party was spewing. Now they're feeling like they have buyer's remorse. They're feeling like, why did I vote for the guy? How do I take it back? What do I do? That to me is so unfair that they waited until so many of those votes were cast. Then he does a debate that's a debacle. And now these people are stuck with the vote for somebody that they actually believed was in decent health and could eloquently articulate the messages and the issues that they cared about. And even in the debate, not only was he stumbly, fumbly, bumbly, or in these long pauses and clearly having trouble on so many levels, he also was not even eloquent even on standing by his issues. Even the issue of fracking, he claimed, you know, oh, yeah, I believe in fracking. I believe that's where I stand. Remember that whole thing? And it turns out at one point he didn't believe in fracking and he didn't even want to address it. He just kind of was like, uh, 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 uh. Can you imagine what he's going to be like on the Senate floor? All the times you have to debate issues, you have to fight for issues. A time right now where there's so many things going on in America, whether it's crime or whether it's inflation. And you got a guy who's like, uh, 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 uh. I mean, this, this to me is such an injustice to the people of Pennsylvania. They should be demanding right now. They should be protesting outside the state house and saying, we want our votes back because we were sold a fake story about this guy being okay and he's clearly not okay. So what do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And this comes as crime is skyrocketing across this country. I talked about in Pennsylvania. There's a case where there was a shootout just recently with four guys where over 50 bullets were flying. And one guy was shot eight times. That's what Dr. Oz is talking about. And yet Fetterman is barely getting his words out. Things are looking so bad, as I talked about, that Chuck Schumer, who is the Senate majority leader for the Democrats, of course, he was caught on a hot mic today basically saying, it looks like the debate didn't hurt us too much in Pennsylvania as of today. So that's good. So it shows that they were clearly worried about this guy. And yet they're not saying that publicly. They're making it sound like the guy is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And there are huge issues across this country. Also, by the way, in New York, um, some new video that was just released showing a gunman opening fire at a Brooklyn restaurant in broad daylight on Thursday, killing one man and gravely injuring another. This is what's happening. This is broad daylight. It happened around 8.50 a.m. A guy opening fire in the middle of a Brooklyn restaurant. Somebody else got pushed in front of a train. This is happening in so many cities across this country. They're not addressing it. And they are now spending tons of money on a guy who can barely speak, barely even stick to his own messages, even when he does speak. And they want us to believe that this guy is fit for office. Should he be disqualified? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, here's a moment also in the debate with Fetterman, by the way. Because he was asked in the debate, should you release your full medical records? 
the only records that we've seen so far have been partial records, basically from a doctor who happens to be a Democratic donor to his campaign. That's who's given him the A-OK. And yet even that donor who you know is biased, give me a break, right? Even that doctor, Fetterman won't release the full records. So, boy, am I suspicious of what's in the full records from a guy who's totally coddling and a big supporter of Fetterman. You know that there's some stuff in there he does not want us to see. And he was asked about it in the debate. And to me, this alone should fully disqualify him. Mr. Fetterman, will you pledge tonight to release those records in the interest of transparency? You have 60 seconds. Uh, To me, for transparency is about showing up. I'm here today to have a debate. I have... You know, spe- speeches in front of 3,000 people in Montgomery County, you know, all across Pennsylvania, big, big crowds. You know, I believe if my doctor believes that I'm fit to serve and, and that's what I believe is appropriate. And now with two weeks before the election, you know, I have run the campaign and I've been very transparent about being very open about the fact we're in use captioning. And I believe that, again, my doctors, the real doctors that I believe in, they all believe that I'm ready to be served. Follow up. I didn't hear you say you would release your full medical records. Why not? You have 30 seconds. No. Uh, yeah, again, my doctor all believes that I'm fit to be serving, and that's what I believe is where I'm standing. Is there anybody that thinks that that's the best representative for the people of Pennsylvania? Well, Chris Coons, uh, who's a close ally of President Biden, he thinks that Fetterman really is in touch with the everyman. Take a listen. He's a big Democratic supporter. Take a listen. This is cut 16A. I think this will be a very close call. It'll come down to the last couple of days. Um, and when I watched, frankly, the 2016 presidential debates, I thought it was obvious uh, that Donald Trump uh, wasn't going to win. His answers were halting and he didn't understand the issues and he was combative and aggressive. But millions of Americans voted for him because they liked his attitude. They liked his authenticity. Um, and my gut hunch is that a lot of Pennsylvanians, when they see John Fetterman in his hoodie and his sweatpants and look at the record of what he's done in Braddock and as lieutenant governor, will choose him over someone who is, frankly, very polished on television, uh, but has positions on things like abortion uh, that are outside the mainstream of what Pennsylvanians will vote for. Wow. Are you kidding me? They like him because he's got a hoodie, uh, because he can barely speak. I mean, that to me, this is such a slap in the face. And Joy Behar, on The View, everybody, she basically said that Republicans are being bullies. Anybody who criticizes Fetterman is being a bully. This is the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. The Republican Party is running a bunch of ads about showing Fetterman you know, st- uh, stumbling on things because of the stroke. Mm-hmm. What kind of a doctor is behind that? Aren't you supposed to do no harm? It's so mm-hmm. unempathetic to the guy, you know? And I just want to say that Oz is very slick. It's TV guy. Yeah. Remember that. There's another woman in Arizona, Carrie Lake, also a TV woman. Mm-hmm. So they're very slick, you know. And Fetterman's kind of like, you know, with the stroke and without the stroke, he's not as slick. But he has ideas and he has governed. Yeah. You know, Oz, and I, I know Oz. I mean, I've been to his house and he, he has a part of him. You know, I called him one time to help with the recommendation for a doctor. He was right there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at this point. I don't know which one is the real Dr. Oz. But voting for the slick person on TV is like voting for me. Don't vote for me for politics. 
unbelievable. They want us to believe that this guy is capable, that he's articulate, everything's fine. So he stumbles a little bit. Whatever. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in Pennsylvania, line seven. John, your thoughts about this guy? Well, I'm from Pennsylvania, and I'll tell you what. I watched the whole debate on TV. I'm serious. I did the whole thing, the whole hour. I was about ready to turn it off in 30 minutes because of Fetterman. He does not have no brains at all. I'm sorry. That guy has a problem. He should never, never be in the Senate. You know, he makes $200,000 in Pennsylvania here as a lieutenant governor. Why would he want to be a senator for $174,000 a year? The only problem is he's there for the vote because all the Democrats know he'll vote right down the line for whatever they put in front of him because he does not have the common sense upstairs to look what's going on. I am sorry. That guy's got a real bad problem. Yeah, he does. And I, did you hear my thought to what I feel bad, John, are the people who early voted? Because this guy clearly and the Democratic oh, yeah. Party clearly delayed him being in a debate so the public wouldn't really see him. And so, you know, he does this debate that's horrible. And there are a lot of people, you know, we've seen even, you know, different groups that have been out there, the sort of polling groups and others where people have changed their mind about him or and and were on the fence, you know, and what if they had already voted? What if they voted and thought, well, this guy was capable? Maybe they liked his positions, but they don't feel, um, you know, now they feel like, what is this guy? Who is he? He couldn't even stick with his own issues. That was one thing, too. You know, on the fracking, I don't know where he stands on fracking. I don't know where he stands on a lot of stuff because he was flipping and flopping. And then he wasn't articulate. I feel bad for those who early voted because I feel they got sold a bill of goods. Um, John, thanks so much. Let's go to Stan, line five. Stan, thanks so much. Your thoughts, Stan. How are you? Good evening. Uh, Let me put it this way. Herschel Walker, okay, has to be led to do what he's going to do. The man has no brains and so forth. Compared to this guy, I'll take John Fetterman to Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker can't walk and spit at the same time. And for you tonight, you're a little bit low uh, that you normally go. You went real low against this guy. And I agree I with you. I didn't go oh, low. You went low wait, wait, hang, on, hang on a second, Stan. You. you just said you agree with me, Stan. Up to a point, yeah. But you went low. I personally think he, sh- he should not have run initially. Okay. Oh, you're he going went into low. It, Stan, you're did. going low. You're going no, low I, did, I didn't call him names like you did. I, Herschel Walker, I'll call a name. Fetterman had a stroke. Herschel Walker didn't have no stroke. He's, when he talks, it's like he's had a stroke. He's unbelievable. He's an idiot. But well, but, I I listen. Two things. Hang, hang on, Stan. Hold on, Stan. Because right. you, call, you hold question. on, hold on, Stan. Because you called into the show. Hold on one second. Let me just add, and and by the way, we will talk about Herschel Walker later on in the hour because there's this new development with another woman. And but at least people in the case of Georgia, they know who Herschel Walker is. They're aware of him. In this case, with the debate, he wasn't afraid to debate. Herschel Walker did debate. Um, and he did actually quite well in the debate. In fact, he got a bump after the debate. Um, but on the flip side, and there are obviously, there's issues, there's questions there, um, certainly out there. And, and believe me, they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at him. In this case, you cannot tell me that the people of Pennsylvania 
were really disserviced in the sense that they thought they had a guy who was doing fine after a stroke. Um, and I commend him for, you know, you know, still continuing and doing well. And I want him to have a good recovery. I never wish anybody ill will. Um, but he should not have continued. The minute he had that really bad stroke right before the primary, the Democrats should have said, you're going to have to sit this one out because they had other candidates. You know, they had they had uh, Connor Lamb. They had a couple others um, that could have excelled and been there on the stage and been able to articulate. There's no way I don't believe you can really represent Congress if you can't coherently speak your views and you can't be articulate. Real quick, Stan. Uh, there have been many senators in the history of the Senate who were an old, who couldn't function, but were there and reelected time after time. Let me ask you this question. He's not being reelected, though, Stan. This is an well, open listen, seat. Let me ask you a question. Who is the governor of Pennsylvania? Is it a Republican or a Democrat? Stan, please. Yet no, I, I don't I, know. I don't know. I'm asking a question. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Who is it? A Republican? What do you think? I don't know. I'm asking you. I really don't know who the – if it's a Democrat – and he gets elected, he'll, he would probably go to him and say, look, I need to re- be replaced. If it's a Republican, obviously, and if, if he's not, he'll put in a Republican. So let him run. Why not? If It's one or the other. If it's a, I don't know if it's a Republican. Is it a Republican governor? It is. I believe it okay, is. Then if he yes. got elected, if he got elected. And he comes to and he says, I can't, I can't do this, and resigns. Obviously, the Republican governor will put in a Republican, correct? He might, he'll put in the uh, snake oil salesman. Ah, that phony. Although, but, although, hang on one second, though, because yeah. in, the, in, the, in the governor's race, that is actually up for grabs, by the okay. way. That's I'm the most important point. I'm just wondering who the point. governor is now. Yeah, but I that, just wonder who the governor yeah, is But, but the, the reason, I'm, as we're talking, I'm remembering right. because— what we're talking about right now is there's a big hot race there for it because it's Josh Shapiro, I believe, and Doug Mastriano. Okay, so, so, I mean, you've got right. So, anyway, we don't know won. yet. And it's a, actually, it's a Democrat right now because it's Tom Wolf who's leaving. That's what, okay. in fact, if I've met Tom. If a Republican Tom. wins, if a Republican wins and uh, Fetterman says, you know, I can't get, let's say he gets elected and can't do the Republican, if Mastriano wins, he'll put in a Republican. There's no doubt about that. He'll resign, and that's the end of that. Well, there's a lot more to go with that. There's a lot of loopholes before that happens. Stan, I love you, uh, but you were hitting low like I was too tonight. Anyway, we're going to continue with the calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And coming up, we have John Solomon with new developments about the Hunter Biden case. Let's go to Judith, who is on line seven. Judith, your thoughts real quick about Fetterman. Hi, Rita. No, I'm calling about this wonderful lady, Joy Behar, who I can't stand, and and the other brainwaves on The View. I want to ask the question, would they hire Fetterman to be part of their panel? Would they hire someone like Fetterman? Let me see. That's I doubt a, it. By the way, that's a great point, Judith, because they wouldn't. They'd probably put him as a guest because people would want to see, is he going to handle it this way again? Is he going to do the same thing again? But you're right. They would never. And you're, that's a great point because that's the same sort of quality that needs to be if you're running for Senate. You need to be able to debate. You need to be able to articulate just if you were a panelist on The View. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. And also John Solomon with some big news on Hunter Biden and more. 
This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the show, honoring our great military and, of course, their families. A powerful story coming from College Station, Texas. Texas A&M University was recognized for its efforts in supporting student veteran success in higher education. The university was presented the Veterans Education Excellence Recognition Award, Gold Award, by the National President and CEO of Student Veterans of America. By the way, this is the second year in a row that the university has received this prestigious recognition. Retired Marine Corps Colonel Jerry Smith, a member of Texas A&M Resource and Support Center, said receiving the award for a second year is a great recognition for all the hard work that the faculty and staff have done across the entire campus that they really put an effort for being veteran-inclusive and serving well those who have served. Also, he further said that there's a big importance of the transitioning of those in the military to helping them get the right education they need. The importance of doing this now has the opportunity to create the best educated and most well-adjusted generation of veterans that our country has ever known. And he said that's really exciting that education, particularly higher education, can play that role. Bravo to them and all the great folks at Texas A&M and everybody, all the different universities across this country that support our great veterans. Well, there's a lot going on in the news, and there's a whole bunch of investigations that are going on. We've been talking about Fetterman, and I'm going to continue with your calls about that too shortly. But some big news also on the Hunter Biden front, where now Congress, specifically members of Congress, handing over information to the U.S. attorney who's investigating Hunter Biden. That comes as new developments in January 6th. And also Florida opening up a criminal probe tied to elections. And who better to break it all down with all these big stories than the guy who knows it all. He is the founder of Just the News, John Solomon, investigative journalist. John, great to have you here on the show. Yeah, great to be with you, Rita. You know, let's start, if I could, first with the Hunter Biden. Um, This is, um, I saw that it looks like Grassley, Senators Grassley, Senator Johnson, They are now sharing information tied to Hunter Biden and records tied to this sort of Chinese spy and giving it uh, to those who are investigating Hunter Biden. You can't make this up. It's like a it's like a movie script, John. It is. And in fact, it's really a dual stream, because on the Senate side, you have Senators Grassley and Johnson on the House side. You've got Congressman Comer, the likely chairman of the House Oversight Committee next year, if Republicans win the House. And both of them, within a 24-hour period, send 
uh, significant information to the FBI. Now, both of them, uh, all three of the lawmakers know the FBI already has this information. It's on the laptop. It's in many of the documents that have been seized. But they want to highlight the fact, and, and I think uh, Congressman Comer's letter really accentuates why these members of Congress are doing this. He said it is a, that the FBI has demonstrated a very troubling lack of curiosity as to anything having to do with Hunter Biden. And what they point out is that there is this uh, former business associate of Hunter Biden. She kind of worked as his administrative assistant from about 1617 to 2019. She has multiple ties to the communist China. She is uh, trying to help Hunter Biden acquire, uh, help uh, Hunter Biden acquire U.S. gas assets and transfer them to China. And um, and even after the deals fall through because the executives in China who are trying to facilitate this deal get arrested in China for corruption, she's still there trying to encourage the deal. And then later, she encourages Joe Biden to run for president in 2019. The lawmakers on both sides, Senate House, said this looks like a Chinese espionage operation. And where is the FBI? By the way, speaking of China, another thing that just came out, I saw this, it's a bombshell sort of Senate report uh, that COVID, yes. quote, most likely leaked from the lab. Um, I know you know about this. Yeah, we wrote a lot about this today at Just the News. Uh, Senate Republicans on the Senate Health Committee uh, say that they reviewed all the open source evidence, and there's major gaps in any uh, evidence that would suggest that COVID-19 originated naturally in the environment and of course that was anthony fauci's original claims and that there is substantial evidence that it leaked as a result of a research lab accident that's the term they're using uh, at the wuhan institute of virology in uh, china uh, this has been trending this way remember at the beginning of the COVID uh, pandemic uh, anyone myself included who had intelligence sources saying hey the leak lab leak theory is a viable theory we were labeled conspiracy theorists and dangerous and all that but now the u.s intelligence community says that is a very plausible likelihood of how the virus originated in these uh this new report from senate investigators gives a tremendously detailed analysis as to why it leaks from the lab and not from uh, did not evolve from nature some very compelling evidence uh, out of china uh, all open source uh, and it kind of shows you now the danger of censorship in america social media companies government agencies were censoring this uh, idea two years ago it now turns out to be the most likely idea, according to the Senate, for how COVID-19 originated. No, that's a great point. Um, and of course, uh, officially now, uh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter. And it looks like there's going to be big changes. A number of the uh, executives have already left. Um, so that could change the what's on and what isn't on uh, on social media big time, because you're right. Everybody deserves to get all the information possible. What about on January 6th? What's sort of the latest um, in terms of we know that waiting to see what happens with Donald Trump replying to right. the subpoena, right, for the documents. Um, he said they asked him to testify November 14th after the election. Um, he's also had a couple victories in court and then some others where have been mixed. Yeah, listen, I think that's the last remaining act for the January 6th committee and assuming that Democrats lose control of Congress, which the polls suggest might happen, uh, this will be their last play. It's an odd thing for the main character of uh, the January 6th hearings, Donald Trump's been the focus of Democrats from day one, to be the last person they actually try to seek comment from. It's very interesting. They, they wait to the very end 
to seek his uh, side of the story. I think a lot of people have pointed that out, including some former Democrat or Democrat lawyers who say, hey, it's kind of unfair to wait to the end. It'll play itself out. We'll have to see where it is. Meanwhile, Republicans are sitting on a boatload of very important evidence that they have gathered about what Nancy Pelosi and the people around Pelosi and Chuck Schumer knew about the threats leading into January 6th. As you know, I put a lot of information out, got original Capitol Police documents on a, a huge flow of intelligence warning them that there was going to be violence on January 6th. No real preparation for that. In fact, most cops went to work that morning unaware their bosses knew about these concerns. Um, I, I think after the election, we may see the first signs of the evidence that Nancy Pelosi and Democrats didn't want out during the hearings in the summer, what she knew, when she knew it, and what preparations could have been made to maybe prevent January 6th. Yeah, and I can't wait to hear that. You have been so far ahead and had so many great scoops on this. Uh, investigative journalist John Solomon regarding what was told to them. And you're right. They never called her. They, they, In fact, they make it sound it's been so like edited where like there was no knowledge of it. Let's see what they have so the American public can make a fair decision. That is so, so important. Before I let you go, you also have another blockbuster report. This is about um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's new election crimes unit. Um, talk about they're looking into some interesting stuff now. Yes, there is a Democratic candidate who had just run for Orange County Commissioner in Orlando, right around Disney World there. She lost by a narrow margin, some oddities in her thing. She was uh, in a in this number two position and moving on to the runoff the night of the election. And then two days later, she was told she had sunk to third and her vote total declined. So she decided to dig in. And what she has now blown the whistle on, she's filed a whistleblower complaint and a sworn affidavit with extraordinary detail alleging that Democrats have been running a ballot harvesting operation for years in the Orlando, Central Florida area. It names names. It provides who's making the payments. It describes how it works, how it targets nursing home residents. Uh, and uh, the new election authority that uh, Ron DeSantis created, basically an election crimes police force, uh, they looked at it, said this is very credible. They have now recommended that the state police open a formal criminal investigation into the allegations. Uh, a very interesting thing. And here's a funny thing. It is the first day of Elon Musk at Twitter. A short while ago, Twitter marked my story as unsafe. An announcement by Florida authorities that they want to investigate something, and Twitter is still censoring things like that as unsafe. I think Elon Musk has a lot of work still cut out for him. Yeah, he sure does. Um, by the way, I would be remiss, John, because you have your pulse on all the stuff with politics, too. What are you hearing about the different races so far and the impact? Let's We've been talking about Fetterman. Um, also, one of our callers uh, called up and was talking about Herschel Walker, too. Um, these new allegations with this other now a second woman. Make, how, how, how do you see those two races shaking out? Yeah, listen, the polls have been moving. Uh, in Georgia's case, uh, uh, Walker fell down a little bit in the polls. He's back up in the polls right now. Uh, the other Republican candidates in the states are way up, Brian Kemp, Brad Raffsenberger. I think there's a feeling among Republicans that Walker is going to pull this out. And there's a growing feeling among Democrats that they may be in jeopardy with Warnock in that race. Similarly, uh, the, the Calvary has been called out in Pennsylvania. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Barack Obama all going to try to help Fetterman after what was a pretty difficult debate for him. Uh, and the polls have showed that Oz now has moved into a comfortable lead in that race after the debate. There's still a lot that can happen in the last 10 days of the election, but 
there's a sense among Republicans that things are trending their way in these key races, and a sense among Democrats captured in an open mic moment today with Chuck Schumer that maybe things are getting a little more difficult for Democrats. Yeah, no question. We've been talking about that open mic moment where he said it looks like the debate didn't hurt us too much in Pennsylvania as of today. In other words, oh, no. But, of course, publicly it's like, oh, everything's great. He's brilliant. You know, it's it's been fascinating to see the politics of it all. Um, John Solomon, thank you so much for giving us up to date on like all these big topics. There was so much going on and who better than you to bring it to us. So thank you. Uh, Thank you, Rita. Have a great night. Thank you very, very much. John Solomon of Just the News. You got to make sure that you read his column and also take a look at their social media. He always has such great, big, huge scoops, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Max on line five. Max, your thoughts um, about Fetterman and also feel free if you want to talk about Herschel Walker or Hochul, too. Go ahead. Well, I'd like to talk about the, the wider sense of this thing, and that is that um, no one is bringing up the fact that you have uh, these diebold voting machines, and these are funded by George Soros. So, I mean, how can we get a fair count out of this? Why don't we go to paper ballots to make it simple? Well, let me ask you, first off, let's talk, let's stay focused on the, you know, obviously it's the way things are set up. They've advanced in a whole bunch of places in terms of technology. Um, but let's, let's stay focused on the candidates for now. There's, a, there's certainly going to be a lot of questions on all the other stuff to come, but let's stay focused on the candidates. Let me, no, 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 hang on. Let me ask you, what do you think about the candidates and where the races are going for now? Okay, the the candidates, I mean, Oz looks great. Um, I think he looks great, and, uh, you know, I think he'd do a great job. But the regular media, the, the, um, the PMS media, the MSNBC PMS media is not reporting on these things. They're not getting it out there. It's talk radio that where you can get the closest thing to the truth. And at least, you know, if, if it's not the truth, at least we can call in and we can argue the point. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And by the way, you know, Max, I love hearing from everybody. And that's why I think the beauty of talk radio is that people can voice their opinions and be honest um, and and speak from the heart, too. I mean, I think I think some of these allegations um, against Herschel Walker, um, you hear that now it's like two women who've come forward, but he says they're all lies. And you look at also on the Warnock side, Warnock has his ex-wife, remember, who claims that that uh, he ran over his wife's foot, you know, I mean, that's according to the wife. Uh, I mean, so he's not, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of mudslinging on in a lot of different directions. Um, But I'm always happy to talk about all of it. Max, thank you very much. Great call. We really appreciate it. Uh, Let's go to Susan, uh, line three. Susan, your thoughts about all. Oh, listen, um, this Fetterman individual, he was a lieutenant governor before he had the stroke. So let's just take the stroke out, okay? Um, because uh, we know that there's impairment uh, be, be, uh, it, from that situation. So if he ran or not, didn't run, that's not what we have to think about. We have, we have um, evidence of what his positions were um, when he was so-called before his impairment. And that was to let murderers out of prison. And he really was did not um, show up a lot, and did not really even have a record because he, he lived in his mommy and daddy, under his mommy and daddy's, um, had to support him until he was 50 years old. 
So, you know, this guy really does not have an impressive resume from the standpoint of his um, performance. So I don't even know how he got to be Lieutenant Governor or anything else because um, he is not an impressive uh, resume. So, and, you know, and by now, the way, Susan, the other thing, too, you didn't bring up the, the Braddock, too. You know, remember, he was mayor of Braddock there in Pennsylvania. It's a small town. And the numbers under him, as Oz was citing the other day, when he was mayor, that crime went up, uh, inflation went up. Um, there were issues there. So um, and then there was a shooting, I think, uh, as well, where he was shooting the African-American man, he says, that he was defending yes. the area. I mean, there were just a lot of weird things about the time when he was even in Braddock, and it's just a tiny little town. Um, yeah, so, yeah. you know, the, weird is that that's like being that's a very nice way to put it. Yeah, I'm trying to be um, diplomatic. Is, Susan, it was bizarre. <laughs> Wasn't that a bizarre moment? It was like, oh, what, what, what about that one? And then and then he said, uh, no, um, you know, they understood why I did it. It was just there was so many no, weird moments in that no, debate. Susan. No, no, he should not be in any kind of public office. And the people of Pennsylvania will, I believe, are, you know, Republican, Democrat, independent. These are, you know, solid, more common sense individuals. I don't believe that they are so stuck in ideology. Uh, and that now also because they have a lot of, of the uh, illegal immigrants are, are perpetrating the state and um, they're seeing their, you know, Pennsylvania's crime has gone up, not just in in um, in uh, the urban uh, uh, in like areas, Philly, like, yep. yep. But and, and, but over. you know what's interesting, Susan, and you hit up a great point because he's not focused on that. He still stands by, you know, letting people out, you know, of prison like that's And in fact, he was asked recently, like, sort of, what do you think is like the most important priority? And he doubled down on that one and basically said, you know, giving people second chances, i.e. also convicted murderers. He's he's he has even said that. So it's like, are you kidding me? You know, like that that would be your priority. And Dr. Oz is telling people, in fact, today um, they're still looking for these people who are responsible for a shootout in Philly, where like more than 50 bullets were flying the other day in a neighborhood street. And one person was shot eight times. And that's what Oz is talking about. You know, Fetterman's talking about, you know, Trump or abortion or flipping and flopping on his views all over the place. It is a mess. I agree. I I just think I think that the people of Pennsylvania can do better. And I think he never should have, you know, delayed the debate. Now we know why he did. And now I know why his strategist purposely did. They delayed it. They delayed it. They delayed it. They're probably wishing they never even did the debate at all. I'm sure they would have tried to avoid that if they could at all costs. Um, but it's done now, but it's too late to retract those 650,000 early votes. And they pretended like he was doing fine. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. Tomorrow is going to be President Biden, the Vice President, Kamala Harris, the borders are, remember? And also Fetterman. Can you imagine this? The three of them together, because it is all hands on deck to try to elect this guy 
even though they've even been caught on a hot mic, basically saying, uh, he didn't do that bad. Uh, we haven't seen the results too badly yet. Um, they're worried privately, and the polls are certainly not in the Democrats' favor at this point. But let's see where it goes, and let's see if they can do something to help them. I don't think Joe Biden going there to Pennsylvania is like a panacea, do you? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Chris in New Jersey on Line 5. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, hi, Rita. Um, what you just described uh, tomorrow is going to be two vegetables and a hyena. can you imagine i can't wait to see who's going to be more articulate biden or fetterman what do you think chris honestly i honestly don't know i I, i'd be like listening to uh ozzy osbourne and keith richards talk to each other but (laughs) what i want to say is that we should have uh there should be a law that no voting until you have a debate, at least two debates, it, it should be standard. Uh, this is bullshit, you know. Uh, excuse me, with my language. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree um, uh, because um, it's 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 crazy that they allowed it. That there was not a debate that was forced, and it's crazy that indeed that. It was, you know, this image that he was okay, that everything was fine, that there were no problems. So for all of those reasons, I think they did, as I, as you heard what I said, I agree with you. They did a tremendous disservice. It should be mandatory in the future. Again, these rules are state by state, um, and there's always been a tradition of allowing debates. We've seen a lot of candidates kind of avoiding them this term, um, this go-round, and that's a real travesty. And this is a perfect case in point as to why we need to have them. Great points, Chris. Thank you very much. Let's go to Al on line two. Al, go ahead. Hey, hey, Al, go ahead. You're here. Hi, Rita. Um, once again, a pleasure to be on your show. Um, I just want to say that uh, we need we need Zeldin here in New York, and I hope Oz wins. And, and I think John Fetterman was incompetent before he even had the stroke. And... Oops, Al, I'm losing you. I'm losing you. I lost you there. Let me go to Andrew real quick. Line one. Andrew, your thoughts. Hey, Andrew. Hey, what's up, Rita? Hey, real quick, Andrew, real quick. No one liked Fetterman even before he had the stroke, so those polls, they were fixed. Oz always had a lead, but now it's even better. And you're right, it was wrong that they put him up there. And his wife, what about her? Why didn't she care? That's a that's a great point. That's a great point, Andrew. What about his wife? Why did she allow him to go forward? The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.